This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tecova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovas.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. This podcast is brought to you by Midland Radio USA, your leader in overlanding and off-road communications. Also, join the brigade at truckbrigade.com, the best of the best for off-road and overlanding gear. Rigid Industries Off-Road Lighting, own the night with Rigid. Radar Tires, an active supporter of the Breast Cancer Research Foundation and manufactured carbon neutral since 2013. Welcome to the Anderson Overland Podcast. Hello, welcome back to the Anderson Overland Podcast. I am your guide host for today, Joey Anderson, and I am excited to have Rachel and Lawrence from the Overlanding Ambulance. There we go. That was better that time. And uh, we are going to have just an awesome conversation tonight about what they are involved in. And uh, I'm excited to see where this goes. So welcome, guys, to the show. And how are you? Very good. Thank you. Yes, good. thank you. Thank you very much. So uh, tell us about the Overlanding Ambulance and what you guys, you know, who you guys are, what's home base, and how did this all begin? Uh, so uh, we started in 2018. Well, in fact, started in 2017, didn't it? Uh, we uh, were friends living in New Zealand together, and uh, we had a dream to do the Mongol Rally, as it was at the time. Oh, awesome. Uh, and so we were chatting about it at length, and um, it sort of evolved from there. I think the, the problem with that race in particular is that there's so much uh, options to do what you want. You know, you, 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 you can make your own way there. And we were finding, we we're going, okay, we want to go here. We want to go here. We want to go here. And eventually we said, well, let's, let's just, uh, do our own thing. And then it turned into, well, why don't we just keep going, go around the world. And so we sort of sacked off the Mongol rally idea and started looking for a vehicle to travel the world in, uh, and have our own sort of very non linear, uh, travel project. Right. Um, and then uh, we, we were in New Zealand at the time. Rachel had moved back for, for work and uh, she, she got in touch one day and said, uh, you know that project of us driving around the world? Um, I found an ambulance on eBay. Uh, <laughs> no way. We weren't looking. Well, we sort of knew we wanted a, a Land Rover or a Toyota. We hadn't really decided, particularly on the setup. Um, and your brother found it, didn't he, mm-hmm. uh, on eBay? got in touch and said, uh, you know, there's this thing going for sale. Would you be interested? And you went to see it with your dad. And uh, it was just perfect, really. It, it wasn't something we'd been looking for, but, you know, the it was half built for us already. You know, the back right, was all set right. up. Just needed to build some living space in the back. And so it went from there. Wow. And then yeah, we that, with an ambulance. Which- <laughs> that thing is awesome. Just looking at the photos. It's a Defender, right? <laughs> Yeah, it is. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's so cool. I I just saw a Defender. I was actually at a, a expo in Las Vegas a couple of days ago, and I was taking pictures of a Defender there. 
Um, and then I, you know, it was kind of reminding me of what you guys got. Um, and I was like, Oh yeah, I'm l- looking forward to that podcast coming up to talk to them about that rig. Like what a rig to find, like my goodness, an, an old ambulance. I've never even seen a defender model, like ambulance rig ever. Like how the heck did you even find that thing? In Europe, aren't they? Like they're not totally unique, but you don't see lots of them. Yeah. Uh, I think like the army in the UK and in some European countries had them, but ours oh, okay. was a, a private one. So it's a bit more, slightly more different. Okay. Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. Cause I've never seen anything like that before, <laughs> but yeah, I guess maybe in other countries they use that, that platform. I mean, what a great platform to use. Yeah, it's really, it's yeah. really good platform based. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. So do you, did you guys have to uh, go a long distance to, to get it or was it a local listing was, or. I mean, England isn't that big. So uh, right. <laughs> it was only the other side of England, really. So it was like a few hours away. Oh, that's good. No. Nice. <laughs> but you guys have taken that all over the world. I mean, obviously, you know, when you've taken that thing overseas and, and it looks like, you know, based on like the videos I saw of like your leg one, leg two and all the stuff that you guys have yeah. on your website. I mean, good grief. I, I know we have a friend, um, that uh actually not a friend of mine a friend of my wife's um that she used to dance ballet with and she did the mongo rally um and did that race yeah and i remember seeing the photos and of all the places they went i remember one specifically was like this um it was like a pit in the ground that was like natural gas coming out of the earth and was all on fire and they were there in the middle of the night it was just like you know the pit to hell it looked like it was just this hole in the ground um that I was all exactly what you mean i've seen pictures that i think it's in turkmenistan and it looks crazy yeah, yeah it looked insane yeah we i remember seeing those photos like wow this is nuts you know all these different places that they were getting through like how so how did you guys get into um overlanding what what kind of sparked that you know, that path in your lives, I mean, to, to really take on something as, as, you know, extravagant as, as traveling as much as you guys have in all these different countries. I mean, there's a lot that goes into that. I mean, I think we both love to travel anyway. We, we met in New Zealand and before that I used to work in, um, Sri Lanka and Fiji. So oh, we wow. both I've traveled and you've mm-hmm. done a lot of road tripping in, in America. North America. Yeah. Wow. Um, but we watched, I think the big thing for us is we watched um, the long way round with um, Charlie Borman and Ewan McGregor. I don't know if you've seen that, but it's... A, I haven't, no. Oh, it's brilliant. If you like travel and overlanding, it's a, a wonderful series of them on motorbikes. on motorbikes originally from... Where did they finish they, off in they, New York? London no? to New York was their original trip. And oh, they wow. did through Europe, through the Stans, through Russia, and then... Uh, across to North America and they did, and they've done other shows, I think a long way down, but that was the one that really inspired us. It's sort of like the original yeah. worth seeing. I think, you know, as an overlander, I think it yeah. became very commercial after the first series, but, uh, that, that first route inspired us and is what we sort of were trying to emulate. And so the original plan had been to, to do a full circumnavigation. That was our original wish list. Obviously things have tr- slightly conspired against us. I think anyone who decided to leave in 2020 yeah. made a bit of a planning error there. <laughs> right. um, yeah, we wanted to follow their route. That yeah. was the plan. Yeah. But um, with the the conflict in Ukraine and other things, it's not, we can't do that at the moment. But um, yeah. yeah, I was just going to ask that, that, how close you guys got to, you know, all of that, you know, going um, on we, there. We broke down on the Ukrainian border, so that was as close as we got. Um, and I guess we the furthest on this leg we managed to get to was Armenia. Um, wow. But from there, you can't get into Azerbaijan at the moment. It's closed still after COVID. Um, we couldn't go into Russia because of the conflict with Ukraine. And right. we couldn't go into Iran because of well, the... Well, we decided not Well, to, yeah, we yeah. didn't go to Iran because of what's going on there at the moment. So yeah. from us in Europe, we got as far as we currently can this year. Right. Um, so, yeah. And for us, we thought, you know, okay, it's not what we originally planned, but it leaves a project for later. You know, we can come back when the world's a little bit more settled and there's a whole part of the world we can go either to go to from the other direction or come back at from this way. You right. know, the, the thing about doing this trip this year is that so, I think we spend most of the time going, okay, this is on the come back to list. This is on the come back to list. This is on the come back to list. Pretty much the entire route, I think we would probably consider doing it. So, drop you know, drop like a million million uh, waypoints, and we're going to yeah, go back to this one and just number them one through a hundred. Yeah. <laughs> so I think that it's not much of a chore to say, oh, 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 we'd have to drive back this way to to get to that part of the world. So you know, right. um, 
yeah. project for the future project for the future yeah. yeah so that's why we're that's why we've sort of changed it pretty much on the fly uh ukraine wasn't in progress when we left and then it was so we sort of circled back well that's why we're back in a house at the moment not in the van uh so we've circled <laughs> back to the start point so that we can get it on a boat to north america and do this new leg that we've decided to do which is um canada to uh argentina, argentina. oh wow man that's going to be awesome well you guys will have to stop through uh, arizona and say hello yeah, that would be <laughs> on your way down. Yeah, I'll show you a good time out here. Lots of Thank lots of amazing places. We're right down the road from the Grand Canyon and all sorts of amazing places oh to see. God. So, yeah, yeah, pretty pretty incredible. I'd have to say the the West Grand Canyon that you can drive all the way down to the to the river at is probably like top top mm. five places I've ever been. I mean, I've never traveled the world, obviously, like you guys have. Uh, we've been all in the United States, but uh, I can't even imagine the places you guys have seen. But that is definitely one within the States okay. that's uh, a must. I've never been to the United States, so... Um, no, really? Never, no. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, I... when If you guys end up coming th- this direction to the Western United States, please get in contact with me and I will, uh, I'll give you guys some places to, uh, to check out. I mean, just unbelievable places. Yeah. Be super cool. That's exciting. I'm, I'm stoked for you guys. That you're going to be able to do that. Just unreal scenery here. Um, nothing like I'm, I'm, I'm sure like I've, you guys have seen stuff like I've never seen, but you've been to, I've done the great, I've been to the Grand Canyon and I would say that it still ranks amongst the top things I've seen. I think I had this idea in my mind that, you know, it's not going to be like, you know, the pictures are great, but, you know, and then I got there and I was like, wow, this is just incredible. I must say it, it still ranks amongst those places that have just left me speechless. Yeah. Uh, Every time I go there, it's like that. <laughs> I always think when, uh, when I'm, when I'm walking up to the rim, you know, I always think about the pioneers from back in the day, you know, they're just like trucking up this, like, you know, this ridge on their horses and stuff, do, 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 you know, not knowing anything was there. And then all of a sudden, like, what in the, <laughs> I can't even imagine the, the, you know, what they were thinking at that moment. Someone said, oh, should we just, we'll just go around it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, the West Grand Canyon is, um, is actually on an Indian, a Native American uh, Indian reservation and you get a uh, permit you pay $15 and you drive down this dirt road out of town and, uh, and it goes down into the canyon. You can actually drive your vehicle all the way down to the Colorado river at the bottom and the cliffs are all around you. And it is just unbelievable. Um, there's a bunch of water crossings down towards the bottom too, like the, where the the creeks and the rivers and stuff kind of cross over the trail and man, it's so fun. Just, just an absolutely gorgeous place. Yeah. So I'll get, I'll make sure I map you guys into that. Yeah. Yeah. So, so, um, going back to the ambulance, um, what did it take to kind of set it up for you guys for traveling? What, what did you guys have to do as far as mods and customization to get it to that point? Uh, well, initially we were thinking about stripping all the ambulance stuff off it. Um, but we had to go to, it's called the DVLA in the UK. It's the sort of a motor agency that does all the licensing Uh went to them and said, okay, we need to register this as a, as a private vehicle rather than a, an ambulance and they sort of got back to us with the requirements and they allowed us to keep the checkerboarding and 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 certain things on so from we the then, outside yeah. it still looks like an ambulance so it, the outside looks very much similar in terms of its ambulance look as, as when we first got it we had to make a few adjustments um and then you had been reading an article hadn't you on on um online about these guys who had bought a fire truck who um, who had done the Guinness World Record for longest distance in a fire truck, and you were looking at what they had done. It it wasn't a, you know it wasn't that drastic, and so we thought, right. well, we'd started falling in love with the the ambulance aesthetic, and we didn't we thought well, we want to leave it the way it is. Right, and so we we got in touch with Guinness World Records and said, well, can, are we allowed to do this? Has anyone done it before? And the answer was no, no one's done it before. We'll get back to you. Uh, and then they, <laughs> again, they gave us some requirements. So that sort of, um, influenced how we designed the van, um, in terms of its layout, because it had to have the ability to sort of have someone lying out in the back or to be able to carry a stretcher. So it still has that facility. Right. Um, to keep that functionality still. And exactly. Yeah. Techni- um, technically. 
Kind of, yeah. <laughs> like you're going to be throwing people in this thing on the way to Mongolia. Or something. <laughs> hey, come on in. You're sick. Get on the back. We'll take you to the hospital. <laughs> Uh, so that influenced the design slightly, and we just we were just drawing out design plan A, I B, mean, I guess C. The things we 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 didn't have many things we want. We wanted to be able to stand up. Yeah. So we had a pop top roof put in because it was otherwise yeah too short. Yeah. yeah. Um, and really, all we wanted was a a sink, a fridge, and a hob. Really. Yes. Um. So that I think the biggest change was the pop top roof, and other than that, it just we just wanted a basic sink we could live in. And storage, yeah. lots of storage, I think, mm-hmm. was probably the biggest priority, wasn't it? Yeah. Now, does it have all the capabilities that like a normal Defender would have as far as like four-wheel drive and, and those sort of things? Yeah. yeah. No, it does. Still, it still surprised us. We'll check, we will chicken out before the car will. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. <laughs> right. It's lots of places that <laughs> I didn't think it would ever get us to. No, it's it still functions very off-roady. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah, I know. I've, I've been that way with my trucks too, with the forerunner and we had an FJ cruiser and a Tundra and, you know, um, the FJ and the forerunner have been the bulk of our trail rigs, you know, taking them all over the place and the, the Colorado Rockies and the San Juans and the Sierras and California and everybody everywhere. And, uh, yeah, there's been some, some, some points where I've been like, okay, I don't know about this, you know, yeah. and you put it in four wheel drive low and it just skirts over the stuff like nothing, just like a goat, you know, you're like, man, like I've been blown away by the capabilities of these vehicles. I mean, you know, I mean, obviously the defender is just like, you know, as capable as a foreigner or anything else in that realm. Um, but it's, it's unreal, you know, where you get like that pucker factory, you're like, Oh my God, like, I don't know about this. This is crazy. Yeah. You know? <laughs> and then it just gets through it. Like no problem, you know, and you're white knuckle the whole time, you know, um, <laughs> then you get to the other side. Like, I cannot believe we just did that. And I can't believe that I felt that confident, you know, in the vehicle the whole way through. That's been a big thing for me. Like I've been in some pretty precarious situations where I was like, man, I'm nervous, you know, and I've, I've got a ton of off-roading experience. Uh-huh. And, uh, there's been several times where, you know, I've been in the middle of going through something and I've been like, Oh my God, we're, you know, what are we doing? You're like on this crazy tilt, you know, in the snow or on this cliff. And then you just kind of, you know, you never feel like, I mean, at least with our vehicles, I've never felt unsafe. You know, I thought I was going to, and I never felt unsafe the whole way through, um, you know, and calculated risks of course. Um, but, uh, it's, it's a, a big deal to have that confidence in your vehicle. And especially with, you know, with you guys, my God, the places that you guys have seen and been through, you know, going from country to country, I can't even imagine. Um, what has it been like going from, you know, one country to the next, as far as like checkpoints and getting through with all the legalities and all the, you know, all that I mean, stuff. Is that pretty difficult? How many borders have we been through now? 40 plus maybe borders. And we thought, cause it's, We've got a vehicle that looks unusual. We've got a dog. Um, we thought we were going to have a lot of problems. And actually, the borders have been really fine, really, really? friendly. They probably I, see the ambulance. They're like, oh, yeah, come on through. <laughs> we've had so little I think we had staff at all, have we, really? We had one one in Bosnia because we hadn't – you're meant to register with the police, police when you arrive in Bosnia. We didn't realise, so we hadn't. So when we were leaving um, – there was a they just said you should have registered but no we've not had i think if you're just a friendly and we always try and make sure that we learn some of the language before we get to the checkpoint so at least we can oh, say cool. hello good day thank you yeah we've not had any problems at all have we it's been really easy really wow. really easy yeah. well that's good to know i mean gosh you no. hear about stuff you know all the time and these nightmare you know uh yeah. stories from people and you always think like yeah, I even think in the United States, I mean, gosh, traveling just even here or across, you know, New Mexico or, yeah. you know, Canada, um, you know, some of the issues people have, have, uh, you know, talked about, but that's awesome that you no, guys had such an easy super. experience going through. Yeah. I yeah. guess for us, we're quite lucky because Europe, though it's made up of a lot of countries, once you're actually inside Europe itself, crossing between within yeah. the eu france yeah. and italy or spain and france there's almost not a border in a lot of these countries yes there's a you know, it might be a sign but it the road continues right uh, and you, yes you've crossed the border in a in a occasional places there'll be a place at the side of the road but there mm-hmm. isn't a physical requirement for you to stop and so it's very easy to you know once yeah. you get into mainland europe to go through a lot of places 
And even when we went, but even then when we started crossing into like Anywhere, the Balkans Turkey and, and Turkey, Balkans, you know, there's a, it's a lot of queuing uh, and <laughs> a lot of confusion in some places, like Turkey in particular. There's not we really a, we were doing they just sort of go, go over there and you sort of go over there and you join a queue and you're not quite sure what you're <laughs> queuing for, you know. And, um, probably the hardest border was probably getting back into the UK that time when we've got more quiz getting back into England. Like, where have you been? What have you been doing? And that's where, that's where you guys were living at the time. That's funny. Like, Oh, you're a citizen. Well, let's, uh, let's uh, answer some questions then. <laughs> let's, let's make sure. Yeah. There were more thoughts about us coming home than anywhere else we've been. At, the yeah. monocle, I asked for another form of ID for me. I had the monocle on my passport. They yeah, were probably, yeah. No, that was, wow. that was the worst actually. Yeah. Wow. Wow. That's weird. I mean, I, I guess that, that, you know, I mean, it's good in some ways that, you know, they're making sure that the right people are coming across the border because yeah. we sure as hell aren't getting it here in the United States. I'm sure, yeah. I'm sure this is seeming like a crap show to you guys looking over here at what's going on in this country. My God. But um, so since you guys traveled through so many regions and stuff and you guys are out for, you know, a long period of time, what has been some challenges as far as, um, you know, going from you know, border to border with restock and resupply. Is it, is it pretty common to find kind of the same, you know, gas stations or the same kind of restock, you know, uh, uh, stores I mean, I think, and, and things like that across these countries? I would say food wise, we're just super flexible. We'll eat whatever, won't we? So I think food wise, we just buy whatever we can and cook with whatever we can. I think spares for the car, have been really variable because we service it ourselves when we're driving. Mm-hmm. That's like we've discovered when we find a Land Rover shop or a Land Rover place we can buy spares, we stock up. So yeah. we, have, <laughs> we find so because that has been a challenge. Yeah. Right. Fuel wise, I think more just the quality of fuel. Um, we've not struggled to get fuel or to get oil, but I think the quality of fuel and the quality of oil has been variable. We had hmm. some issues. We got caught out in Armenia, didn't we? Yeah. With bad fuel in the car. Oh, really? Wow. Which really ate through our fuel filters when we were changing them, didn't it? Yes. And clogged up our um, fuel injectors. Yes. Um, oh, wow. So I think just fuel quality has really varied. And I think that's sync. I think going forwards, we've just been sticking whatever into the tank. And I think going <laughs> forwards, I think we're going to maybe um, be a little more careful. Or doing <laughs> yeah. a bit more, yeah. 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 Or if it's questionable, maybe have some with you or something that you can put in that, you know, is good. Yeah. um, uh, Just, just go with the flow attitude has not been the, the (laughs) we went through so many countries, you're going, Oh, this is good quality. This is good quality. And you sort of like get very blase that it's actually probably getting a little bit worse. (laughs) The further out you go that you're like, okay. Or yeah. Rural Armenia. That was bad. Yes. Yeah. That was our fault. It was bad. Yeah. Wow. And yeah. I apologize for my, my uneducation in, uh, uh, in the defender realm, but is that a diesel or a gasoline vehicle? A diesel. Diesel. Yeah. Okay. That's what I thought. I didn't want to, didn't want to yeah. sound like an idiot, but you can get petrol defenders as well though. So you, to be fair, you could get either, but oh, you can. Okay. Good. Well, that yeah. makes me feel better then. <laughs> <laughs> no, ours is a diesel. Yeah. Okay. So what's been like, you know, the, one of the craziest things that you guys experienced while you've been out there. Turkish hospitality? I would say hospitality, I mean, crazy and like uh, hospitality wise, uh, I think it's been. I, I think we've been to some areas that when we said our route to like friends and family, they're like, oh, you're not going there, are you? That's really dangerous. For instance, we drove along the Syrian border, the Iraq right. border. Right. And I think friends and family are like, what are you doing? That is probably <laughs> okay. not a good idea. Right. And I would say probably the best. We've, we were surprised most by the hospitality mm-hmm. in places where we don't really speak the language it's places that i think are not typically a tourist um, definitely not a tourist hotspot and i think that's probably surprised us the most is just how welcoming friendly and just generous people have been really i, I think we felt less uh, we had some we've had problems wherever we go in terms of like mechanical issues and and, and problems like that it's a defender that it comes with the territory. These yeah. things tend to come. Um, I would say that we felt least concerned about being, even when we we're out in the middle of nowhere, somewhere like Turkey or Georgia, Armenia, all the way around. I think we felt that even if we did get into trouble, people are so friendly. 
it never felt like it was a problem because there's always going to be someone coming along, offering help, getting you, trying to help you out. And so even when we were having problems, it was a bit like, well, you know, someone will be along, we'll get it sorted. We had probably, we felt more isolated in parts of Western Europe where that mentality to helping strangers isn't necessarily so much of a thing. Right. Uh, so that, that was, you know, you, not where you expect to, <laughs> right. to feel like you need help and you're going quick, stop. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Waving people down and stuff. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you always hear about, you know, like you said, you know, the Syrian border, Iraqi border or whatever, you know, these, some of these countries that are just sketchy, you know, and, and uh, I mean, What's what what I find also is that you hear all this stuff or you see all this stuff on YouTube or, you know, on the media. And then you talk to people who have actually been there and have experienced it, you know, firsthand. And it's completely 180 degrees of what you thought it was, you know, um, which seems to be the case with you guys. Uh, you know, it might- I don't think we're massive risk takers, are we? Like no. we want an adventure. We don't want to feel right. in danger. And I don't think it, so I think if we felt we were somewhere where this feels ridiculous. Sketchy. Yeah. And I don't think at any point in the last year no. we felt in danger at all. Or no, I don't think we have, have we? And we've met a lot of overlanders that are doing more more adventurous stuff than us, going through Iraq, going through Iran, wow. going through uh, you know other yeah. stand countries at the moment, which are very some of these places very quiet on on the tourist front. Right. Um, and we have not, you know, they all are reporting a very positive experience and they're having a great time, you know. I'm sure for everyone they have to be cautious, but right. you know, it, it mirrors our experience with bordering those sort of places that people are actually very friendly and not not what you necessarily expect before you leave. So yeah, yeah. yeah we have a friend that does um, overlanding tours down in Baja, California, at the southern tip of Mexico. Yeah. And he says, you know, same thing where, you know, people always hear about, you know, the the nightmare stuff with the cartels and Tijuana and all these places, you know. And he's like, we, you know, we have people set up all the way down so that when our, our travelers come down, we meet them in every town and we guide them through those towns. So they make, we make sure they get through there safely. Uh, but he's like, once you get down to like the, you know, the bulk of Mexico where, you know, you're away from all that stuff. Um, you know, he said people take their own shirt off their back for you. You know, if you get a flat, people will be like, oh, let me go find one for you. And, you know, they'll, they'll go for an entire day and come back to camp with a brand new tire for you, you know. And uh, he said, it's absolutely incredible. Um, how generous and hospitable, like you said, people are um, when you're in these countries. And it's just, uh, it's almost embarrassing, is it? You know, in the United States, I mean, you get some states that are like that, um, one of which I live in. Um, I got out of California and moved to Arizona because I just got sick and tired of people just, you know, being idiots. And so, you know, here it's a little bit more like that. Um, but, you know, there's a lot of the United States where, you know, people are just, they're super selfish and they would never do that, you know? Um, and it's always, refreshing to hear um about other countries and and that there are still some great people out there great cultures out there that will do that you know um you just don't hear about it much you know anymore but uh the people like you guys that travel and get to experience those things it's 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 always cool to hear that i I love hearing hearing that from people but like as far as uh crazy experiences have you had any anything that's happened like as far as like crazy storms or any weird weird things that have happened to you guys out there the weather's been actually been rather delightful most of the way around actually <laughs> um i'm trying to think of anything particularly like we felt safe we've not had terrible weather i, I genuinely think it's been the most like just relaxed just very chill nice I, apart from i mean there are some places i mean very sketchy driving um, yes. People might be delightful, but the driving gets sketchier <laughs> with I think, how nice people are. And the are. quality of the cars. <laughs> right. Yeah. Sort oh, of yeah. Like, Track together wrecks that are driving around. Yeah. Things that just uh, have been tied together, taped together in some cases, or, or just shedding bits of their bodywork as they drive along. <laughs> um, and some of, the, some of the roads, we'd been warned, uh, particularly Georgia, uh, we'd been warned that it was a bit sketchy and... I mean, some, some of the roads this. you were rebuilding as we were driving along them yes. to try and get the car across them. Wow. Yes. So, yes, yeah, some of the roads, I would say, probably the word Georgia and Armenia, lovely places. The roads are terrible. A <laughs> 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 yeah, single track with a big drop and just. I think the first day we went into, into Georgia, we were actually just trying to get across it to get into Armenia. 
and we would we followed this road and you know it's bad when google's it's you it's only it was like a hundred kilometers and it said 100. it would take six hours no more than that it was like 13 hours to so, 100 kilometers and you're like this is but it was we're like this is highway how would it take so long yeah. and, it did take, and i don't think we went over about five or ten kilometers an hour wow um uh, people go quicker in their cars. I mean, this is the thing: is people always say oh, you need to have an overland. You need to have these massive rigs or over four-wheel drive cars to to do these types of areas. But locals right. aren't in these vehicles. They're in. A, They're just in like a, a Mercedes saloon. Major, just- but they just don't care about them. Um, <laughs> and so they drive. They, they, they drive metro or something. <laughs> <laughs> it was madness. Until they get to the end of it with less car than they started off with. Wow. But it's what they drive, you know, and, and they get through just fine. You know, if they get stuck, more... they push themselves through. Um, we just like our car, though. Yeah, and we like our car, so you have yeah. to drive. I... You know, going back to your question about Land Rovers and things, or how extreme you go on, <laughs> when you drive, is when you get your house in the back of it. Oh, yeah. yeah. You're a little bit more cautious about what you yeah. do. <laughs> I can imagine. So I remember when we had an, an RV for a short period of time, it was definitely like that, but most of our camping experience, um, other than maybe uh, about six months of it, um, have all uh-huh. been in a rooftop tent on an off-road, you know, independent suspension trailer pulled behind yeah. the Forerunner. So yeah. yeah, it's not something you really worry much about. <laughs> but I can imagine if your house is being, you know, back there, that you would definitely worry a little bit more about things moving around for sure. Yeah. So like, what's been your favorite region that you guys have traveled in? I mean, as, as far as like scenery or, or just locations, um, you know, the culture or what, what's kind of stood out? Uh, Kosovo for scenery, I think. Uh, oh, really? Really unexpected. Again, one of those places where we had, we had very low expectations. I think we? we did actually. Yeah. I think given that it's been in conflict reasonably recently, I think we were expecting it to be sort of a bit bleak and war-torn and it was scenery wise i would say the best hiking we've done of the trip it was absolutely stunning wow um and i would say probably eastern turkey if we if from a sort of culture culture people interesting things to see point of view Uh, and and also i suppose georgia and armenia just because they were very ex-soviet very hmm. different in that respect. I would say that bit of the world, Eastern Turkey, Georgia, and Armenia were. It just felt very different yeah. to everything else that we'd driven through up until that point. Wow, I mean, it felt very different. Yeah, yeah, that, that's uh, that's funny that you. Well, not funny, but it's odd that you say Kosovo. Um, I, I mean, I have friends that that actually uh, live in Kosovo, and um, they were here a couple of years ago and telling us, man, you guys need to come out there and they're showing us pictures. And I remember it being absolutely beautiful. Um, we were really surprised, really surprised how stunning it was. Yeah. yeah. Wow. That's, that's super cool. Yeah. I, I love that area. We have friends that are in Turkey as well. Um, my oh. dad was a, a pastor of a church for like 38 years. And when he yeah. retired, he went overseas and was teaching in Kosovo for our friend there. Cause he had to bring his wife back to the States for a, a health issue. Um, so my dad went out there and taught and, um, uh, and we have some other friends that are, um, that are part of a church in, in, um, in Turkey as well. So we see stuff yeah. and, you know, they post all the time on Facebook. Actually, I think they're back now because of some sketchy stuff that was going on there with, um, the government or something was going on with a war or something. I think maybe even the whole thing with Ukraine, I can't remember. Yeah, yeah. Um, but they're back in the States right now. Um, but yeah, just an incredible area. I mean, every photo I see from that, you know, from those countries is just insane. Yeah. Can't no, we, even imagine we, overlanding through them. Like my God. So cool. Do you guys have a bunch of like video that are like a YouTube channel that you guys have posted a bunch of video on of your trip or did you guys document it at all? We had grand plans, uh, when we started, I think like most people, <laughs> well, we can do these things on YouTube. That's the thing. That people do. Right. Uh, but we, we started off just doing Instagram and posting photos and it started off just because we were updating so many people individually via whatsapp mm-hmm. sending photos to your parents my parents friends and stuff and so we thought well let's just make an account so that we just share it once and everyone can see it right and we started writing a bit of a like a, a daily blog so that's about us really isn't uh, it, yeah. and that's sort of become more of our thing really so we just try and write uh 
an honest uh, review of not every day, but most days what we've done and, and had some photos of what of, of what we do. Uh, it's way behind because it still thinks we're in Turkey, uh, <laughs> which, which, I think, yeah. uh, which is one of the reasons when people say, why don't you do a YouTube channel? We're like, yeah. We can't even keep up with Instagram. We can't even, so. we can't oh, I know. Up, I know. I totally yeah. understand. I've been trying to do the YouTube thing too. And I just, the edited the video editing time, which I'm good at video editing if I spend the time doing it, but I never have the time to put into time, what, yeah, yeah to, I, that's why I've been kind of reluctant to, to upload anything. Cause I'm like, I don't want to put out, you know, you know poor quality it. stuff, but yeah. everybody's like, you got to put this out. I'm like, oh. so I've just been kind of just putting stuff out here and there, but I'm, I'm not happy with like any of it because I haven't had the time it's to really fine. do the, the, the editing. So I totally can relate to that. It's, it's very time consuming. If you're not doing it full time or you don't have the time, you know, to, to really pour into it, it's, yeah, it's difficult. And also, depending on the internet quality, when we've been on the road, actually, even if we've got something to put up, we haven't had a lot of the time, you wouldn't have had good enough internet to, to upload yeah. something. So, so no, we, we haven't, we had a plan. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> maybe, maybe we have more time in North and South America, but uh, for now, no, it's just, just Instagram. And we sort of do the same on Facebook, but um, cause you can write more on Facebook. We tend to have like a longer form when we write, it tends to be quite long and then get shortened for Instagram and yeah. just the, the waffle gets put on Facebook. Right. Right. Now, do you guys have plans on, on traveling with other people or you guys just typically travel on your own or, uh, do you guys, you know, have friends in these other countries that you go see while you're traveling through or. I was going to say we've mainly traveled by ourselves, but we have ended up meeting up with like-minded people in some places and then meeting up with them again, sort of later on in the trip, haven't we? Yeah. Um, but we haven't done sort of convoy travel or anything like that at the moment. Which has been the joy of Instagram, really, because I think we've met, we've actually met several people that either we'd been following before that just happened that your paths are crossing, um, or we've just, people go past and go, oh, I know you from somewhere. Oh, Instagram, yes. Um, yeah. <laughs> and, and, you know, you end up meeting and we've met some really lovely couples and travellers along the way. Um but we don't necessarily set out to go and, and meet them. It's often been a coincidence a lot of the time. Uh, my friend, best friend, came out to visit uh, visit us in in Georgia for a week. Oh, cool! And that was that was quite challenging. When you're on the move all the time, you don't know where. Realistically, we never really plan. Though we have a rough idea, we never really plan we're going to be on this date at this time, or between here and here. And when you're then tied down with someone saying, okay, we're going to be, I'm flying here. Oh, so there's a commitment. <laughs> right. All of a sudden, every border crossing becomes very important because you <laughs> can't not get in or you're just thinking, don't break down. Don't break down. This is yeah, yeah. Right. Um, so we've, we've, he's, he's visited, um, but that's, that's been about it, hasn't it? Um, Mainly you and me and yeah. the dog. Yeah. We're kind of the same way. We will, we'll cross paths with people every now and then, or, you know, if it works out, we'll kind of rendezvous with somebody at a location. Um, and mainly it's just like you guys, it's just been people that we've met on Instagram or, you know, at, at some of the Overland expos or, um, here and there. Um, and I'm also careful of who I expose my family to, to you know, <laughs> what kind of crazy nut you're going to have trying yeah, to camp with exactly. you. Yeah. So we're really careful that way too, but we've got some just, you know, lifelong friends, um, yeah. that we've made through overlanding. And that, that's one awesome thing about this industry. I mean, the, 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 I guess not industry, but lifestyle is a yeah. better word. Um, is just getting to meet so many awesome people that are like-minded, like you said that, you know, just, like with us, you know, I've always said, you know, I don't want to have my, my, my kids learning life through a television or through a device, you know, the, the zombie apocalypse looking down at their devices all day, you know, um, you know, I want to bring them out into the outdoors and show them tangible things that they can feel, they can see, they can smell. Um, and just those experiences that you're not going to get, you know, without getting out there. And, and I think it's so important to encourage people to do you know, what we do, what you guys do to get out, to enjoy life. And, you know, obviously you guys have professions, you guys are what veterinarians, right. Yeah, um, yeah. and have that profession as a, as a foundation. Um, but you know, with me, you know, I'm in the, um, in the fire service and my, my schedule allows me to, you know, enjoy the outdoors with my family and my days off, you know, we work for 48 hours and then we have four days off every cycle. And so, um, right now, actually I took two shifts off. So I have 16 days off in a row. And wow. so unfortunately the weather's been 
pretty trashy out here. <laughs> so I haven't been able to take advantage of camping, but you know, it's just important to get out there and, and, uh, you know, even if it's just a trail run, you know, I've been taking my daughter here and there out, out on the trail for the day and just going and exploring. We have a big, um, historical mining district, uh, close to where we live. Um, and so we'll go out there and we'll find a mine and we'll just scour that mine for an hour, just looking for old relics. And we set them up for everybody to see. And, you know, so everybody else can enjoy those locations. And, you know, it's just fun. Just a, just a little day trip like that. It's just so important. And not many people, um, you make that a priority. I think it's very important, you know, to spend that time, um, like yeah. you guys developing your, your relationship together. I mean, what better place to develop relationship but being out on the road and learning each other and how, you know, your, your ins and outs of your, you know, how you think and how you, you know, respond to things and how you, um, you know, manage stresses and, you know, challenges and things. I mean, I know for Robin and I, my wife and I, uh, it's been, uh, very, very good for us, you know, for our relationship and, um, and for our kids as well. So I think it's awesome that you guys are doing that. We, we definitely have moments of stress. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> don't we all? <laughs> <laughs> but I don't think we've ever spent, I mean, live that much time living in such a tiny space together. Yes, I, mean, I mean, you don't ever a, spend that much time together, do you, in your like, normal life? So. No, it's like living in your downstairs toilet with somebody right. else. Right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. About as much square footage, I'm sure. <laughs> yeah. I know. That's how we feel in our tent, too. You know, you get, we got four of us in this rooftop tent, and sometimes it gets a little, uh, little yeah. close close for comfort up there and you just can't go out and you yeah. are <laughs> yeah i know we we ended up getting a the um the annex which is a bottom room that zips on to the bottom of the the yeah. uh, rooftop tent so we have some more room like you know if you want to get away from each other for you know you go, you go down the kids you guys go down there we'll stay up here um but yeah i mean there's there's been times where uh you know, you, like you said, you get caught up in these storms, these thunderstorms or whatever, or rainstorms or even snowstorms. And, and there's, you know, if you're out, you know, hours off pavement out in the middle of nowhere, there's, there's no going out and just hanging out in the, <laughs> the weather. So yeah. you got to make it work. Definitely. So how long do you guys plan on, on doing this for? I mean, you, I know you guys are kind of doing this partially full-time or do you guys have any kind of other life goals or do you guys plan on doing this till, you know, retirement or? Yeah. Life's not long enough. Um, so well, we've been full-time traveling now for 12 months, yeah. haven't we? And now we're back home to save up again before the next leg. So we had some unexpected costs breaking down on the road. So we are saving for a few months. Yeah. And then I think a year, like a couple of years, yeah, maybe we've said, we've said two years minimum for the Pan American Highway, probably a little bit longer than that. I think we're wow. not setting a specific time frame. We'll just do it. We know visas limit us how long we can spend in Canada and, and um, the US and, and Mexico. Right. Uh, I think after that, we'll just, as we've been doing now, just drive every day, see how far we get. You know, we don't see how really we feel. See yeah. how we feel. And, you know, if, if, if we still have the love for it, we'll keep going. And if, if, if we don't, then um, we'll do something different. I think we both have other projects we want to do. You want to buy a boat, don't you, and sail. So yeah. that's, that's something we want to do, move from one small container to another. Awesome. Um, and I want to walk to the South Pole. So that's something I'm training for at the moment as wow. well around traveling. So we've got our own little projects that we'd like to one day focus time. on. <laughs> little projects. I don't think those are little <laughs> projects, <laughs> but yeah, that's awesome. I, have you, um, have you guys ever heard of, uh, Lake Tahoe in California? Have you ever yes. seen that? Yeah, yeah. Oh man. If there's any place I could tell you to get a rent a sailboat, find whatever boat you can yeah. okay. and get out on that lake. That is just an incredible okay. place. Okay, yeah. Oh my God. Unbelievable place. Yeah. That's, that would be an experience that you will never forget. <laughs> Yeah. Th those are great. Those are great, uh, ambitions. I know we, we, we have things too that, you know, we want to try and do. I, I really want to get my family back to, um, Alaska. I spent some time in Alaska and, yeah. uh, man, one of the most amazing places, like I, like I said, it's probably one of those top five places I've ever been. And I would love to bring them up there too. And, and, um, and I've been thinking about, I've been reluctant to do this, uh, 
just because of the stuff going on with the cartels and things, but I really want to bring my family down to Nathan's place down in Baja and, uh, mm-hmm. and experience that too. But my wife's a little nervous with taking the kids wow. down there, which, you know, which I understand. And I got to be sensitive to that. Um, but, uh, How old are the children? I have a 13 year old daughter and a two year old okay. son. Okay. Yeah. So quite a gap. Yeah. <laughs> um, wasn't planning on that, but, uh, you know, they've, <laughs> they've been great. And, uh, my daughter's super, I mean, both of them, I mean, you know, Bodie, uh, was named after a ghost town that we've been to for years. Uh, Bodie ghost town. It's in Northern California. It's, uh, the most well-preserved ghost town in, uh, the United States. There's like 200 buildings that are still there from like the 1800s that they, if you, if you haven't checked this out, it's, um, look up Bodie ghost town. It's B O D I E. And it's, uh, the national park service took it over. Um, but for years it just sat out in the mountains of California and the Sierras. And it was like, they got up and left one day and left everything behind all the, everything there, like the general store, the, these buildings, these homes, these bars, everything's like someone just got up, like a hundred people got up one day and just left. Unbelievable. Yeah. Pretty cool. So we named him after that. And then, uh, our daughter's been out with us since she was old enough to, to walk. Um, actually she's been out, um, with us more than anybody and she just loves being outdoors and she's a total rock hound. So she's out, you know, finding (laughs) rocks and, you know, all sorts of cool stuff. And that's why I try and get her out as much as possible. And we go explore these old mining towns and stuff because she just loves exploring and finding things, you know, um, having to hold her back by the end of the reins to keep her from jumping down holes <laughs> to get to stuff, <laughs> you know, but she loves it and she's super talented with art. And so it's, it's, it's uh-huh. cool. Like a lot of the stuff she draws, you know, um, it kind of reflects, you know, the experiences that she's, she's been, you know, that she's experienced out there you know, as far as scenery and, and things. I see that in her artwork, you know, um, that most kids, you know, haven't had the experience of, you know, um, being around she has. So, um, pretty, pretty neat, but yeah, we got two kids and, um, and they're, uh, they keep us busy. So I yeah. can imagine. Definitely. Yeah. And then the, then the dog and the cat as well. <laughs> so yeah, we have an Alaskan Husky, um, that we, that really? travels with us quite a yeah. bit. And then we just got her, uh, a, a, a cat for Christmas. So I'm not sure how that's going to pan out, but <laughs> the cat might just be, uh, <laughs> holding the fort down while we're out traveling. Yeah. I don't know. We'll see. Um, yeah. I don't have any policies. We'll be back in a week. <laughs> yeah. 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 So, but yeah, we, we, uh, we live out here, um, on the Colorado river, um, in a, a town called Mojave Valley. Um, it's like in Northern, like the Northwestern tip of Arizona. Um, so like I said, we're about, about two hours, maybe an hour and a half, two hour drive from the Grand Canyon. Um, and, uh, just a plethora of trails and places to go out here. It's just unbelievable. The, the history, um, the old world history in this, in this area is just unbelievable. So we, you know, it's like every day, you know, like what, what new trail are we going to hit today? Cause it's just like, it's just endless, you know, it's endless. You find brand new things to see every, every day you go out, you know, on the trails out here. It's, it's very cool. You guys will have a great time in the United well, States. No, well, I'm excited. Definitely. Well, you yeah. are as well. I've never been. So I keep telling you all the national, when I went to America before a couple of times, but, uh, all the national parks are always, there's so many of them, you know? Yeah. And they're so I went through, Colorado, I drove from Colorado to California and so went through um, like Arches, Monument, oh, Bryce cool. and, and Angels Landing, all the, uh, those. Um, and I, I just want to go back so I can take Rachel and, and show oh, her. Oh, yeah. So. Yeah, it'll be like, your mind will be blown. That's <laughs> so. crazy. I think it's just the scale of America because we don't have, driving around Europe, the biggest countries are like, not nothing is at all on the scale of the states and Canada, is it? Right. So yeah, it's super weird here too. Or like, yeah, or you drive like the United States, like you know, you go to like the Midwest and stuff, and everything's just it's flat, and you got this farmland and these rolling hills, and then you go to the West Coast, and you know, or like the Rockies, it's like almost like you hit the Rockies, and all the humidity goes away, and you like coast down into Los Angeles, and it's like the weather's just beautiful. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. 
Los Angeles is, is a is a beautiful city. It's absolutely mayhem there right now. I wouldn't recommend overlanding through there. <laughs> but seeing those those cities in the, on the West Coast are just insane. Even the, the East Coast too. There's so many just beautiful places. Like you said, there's so much diversity here. Um, you know, even though we we moved away from California, I still miss California a lot just because of the scenery and the um, the Sierras and you know up through. Uh, um, Mammoth and Bishop and Mount Whitney and Lake Tahoe and I mean, good grief! There's there's not really much east of here that compares to those places, you know. So um, we still venture into California. Like for last um, this last August, we spent an entire month uh, overlanding and we went all the way up to California, um, up into Lake Tahoe, and then cut across through Nevada and spent mm-hmm. most of our time in Utah and Arizona and. Um, just gorgeous. Absolutely gorgeous. That's where we spent the bulk of our time is the Western United States um, yeah. for very good reason. <laughs> That's why um, no thank you. Because, I, I, yeah, my route planning is going to be entirely based on what people suggest. So that's wonderful. Thank you. Yeah. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. We're, our, our next plan is to hit more of the Pacific Northwest, Idaho, Washington, Oregon, that, that direction, uh, Montana. We tried to do that this last summer, but we ran out of time before I had to be back at work. But um but yeah, once you guys get here, definitely hit us up and I'll get you a Thank good, you. No, I'll get you some good suggestions, you know, along your way and <laughs> some stuff to see that, you know, that might be uh kind of off the beaten path that you might not normally yeah. see. No, so. that would be yeah. wonderful. Yeah, definitely. absolutely. So, uh, how has it been traveling with your dog? I mean, I know you guys are veterinarians, so, uh, uh, you guys have a, uh, was that a collie that I saw that you have? She, she doesn't really, she's a Springer Spaniel, but she oh, does look a lot of she a collie. She looks She's dinky. She's really little for a springer. Yeah. Uh-huh. Um, how has it been traveling? We love traveling with the dog. I think it brings lots of people are very interested in her, aren't they? Mm-hmm. Because particularly a lot of sort of the Eastern areas that we've traveled, people don't really have the same uh, walking a dog on a lead was a real spectacle. We had people coming up to us. Can we try walking the dog on the lead as well? Really? That was just like really, um, <laughs> people have never seen it and never done it. So it, it brought a lot of, we met a lot of people through having a dog. Oh, um, that's just very people cool. really intrigued. Yeah. Um, we're lucky. She's a very easy dog. We love hiking and she'll hike all day. If we're driving, she'll sleep. If we go to the city, she'll walk around and, and just be, she's a really easy dog. Yeah. And I, I don't know. I think if we'd have had a different dog, it might not have been so easy, but she is very, just gets on with it really, really doesn't she? Dog, yeah. So that's no, cool. Yeah, we... fine. But I think maybe a challenge if she was a different dog. Right. Yeah. We got lucky that way too. our Husky. You know, you, you, you talk to most people and they're like, Oh, you have a Husky. Oh my God. That must be horrible. Like, no, Completely, like yes. she is awesome. Like she is so just super chill. And like you said, exactly how you describe your dog that she's the same way. Yeah. Um, yeah. she's getting, she's getting to be a little fatty right now. I got, <laughs> I got her, her food back since we haven't been traveling that much the last yeah. couple of months and she's gaining some weight. I like, told my, my daughter, I'm like, you need to cut her food in half or whatever oh, no, you're feeding yes. her. Yeah. <laughs> Um, but, uh, she's just a great dog, but, um, yeah, she, she had, um, I mean, she's got a big thick, um, you know, coat right now just because of winter time. Um, so I'm sure that's why she looks a lot bigger than normal, but she, she's had kind of that coyote build, you know, you think of Huskies as these big, huge, you know, massive dogs and, um, her, we had a Alaskan Malamute, uh, with Timberwolf as our last dog. And she was the same way. It was like, she was like built like a coyote, you know, you're like, what the heck? Um, and her dad, her, her father was just massive. His, his name was Sherpa and he was like, you know, head the size of a grizzly, this dog. Um, but she was just the runt. Um, and, uh, Luna, our, our Husky now, she's the same way. Uh, just, yeah. just great dogs, best dogs I've ever had. Um, actually I had a, um, Australian shepherd when I was a kid, that was an amazing dog as well. Um, but, uh, we, yeah, we've been lucky that way too. I love traveling with her and taking her hiking and, yes. um, it's kind of adds a little bit more security too at camp. You know, we've been, at some places where we've had not, not necessarily towards people, but you know, other predators and things in the area. Mm-hmm. Um, we've had a couple times where we've had elk, you know, big massive elk and coyotes and stuff come up to camp and she'll chase them out of camp and stop at like the perimeter and walk back and lay down like nothing happened, but she'll flip it on when she needs to flip it on and, oh, and uh, set the perimeter. <laughs> um, which is, Peggy no, Peggy would. Our dog definitely would not be really? like she's, very pathetic. Yeah. No. Yeah. Luna, she wouldn't hurt a fly. Like she's so timid and just chill. 
but there's been a couple times where she's laying by the fire and she just said like someone flips a switch and she'll bolt after something and run them out of town and then come back and lay down like nothing ever happened. She'd bark at an intruder, but I think as soon as she saw the intruder would roll on her back and go, <laughs> me. Yeah, no. <laughs> right. I don't I trust her to defend us. No. No. Yeah. No. Luna would probably be that way inside of our house if someone came in the house, you know, burglar or something. But out in the out in the wilderness with other That's animals, very she's handy. yeah. Very handy. I think we're I, gonna. He's gonna retire though. I think that's the yeah, she's she's, she's struggled with some of the heat, particularly yeah. in oh. Turkey. Um, and she's getting on. She's ten now, so I think that. And we do a lot of hiking, and uh, she used to be fine, but I think we've noticed that she's. She's getting stiffer. Getting stiffer. Yeah. And uh, so I think she's going to retire. To my your, parents. Yeah, with, with Rachel's parents, which is no hardship for her. Yeah. So. Yeah, I know <laughs> Luna's starting to have uh, some hip uh, soreness that we've noticed lately, you know, when she's when she gets up in the mornings and stuff, just, you know, some difficulty walking yeah. around. And she's getting older, too. I think she's she's eight years old. Okay. Um, so she's getting up there. Our last husky actually passed, or our Malamute passed at nine years. Um, okay. But she had um, she had kidney failure just out of nowhere. Um, Ooh, we think probably. actually somebody poisoned her, which has kind of been the consensus. But um, okay. but yeah, but I know she, you know that that ten year mark is kind of you know yeah. kind of the the turning point where you just don't know how long they're going to last after that. So it's, that's the only bummer about having, having animals, you know, dogs and stuff is they don't last as long as we do. And you get so close to them and she's been like a child to us, you know, our last dog too. It was just, it was just heartbreaking to lose our last dog. And so I'm not looking forward to the next time because I know it's coming eventually, but uh, yeah, it's, it's sad when they slow down because you need to start thinking, you know, man, are they kind of getting to that, that point where, you know, you don't know how, how much, how much more difficult it's going to get for them, you know? Yeah. So, and with traveling, it's hard. I mean, it's even hard for us. I mean, the older, I mean, I'm 44 and it's hurting a lot more than it used to <laughs> getting up in the morning after being in a tent, you know? Um, but, uh, yeah, it just comes with the territory, I guess. So, but, well, that is awesome. I'm, I'm, I'm excited for you guys and, and, uh, your future, you know, coming here. And, and I was going to ask you before, how do you guys get your vehicle overseas? Like what, what, what's your kind of go-to as far as transporting that over oceans to, to other continents? Uh, shipping container. Uh, shipping it's container. small enough that we can, if we take the roof boxes off, that it will go in, slip into, into a, a high, top and, high top container. Oh, cool. It would be that or a roll on, roll off on a, on a shipping, on a ship. On a ship. Um, and it's one of the reasons we've currently chosen to go North America south rather than the other way around because um, uh-huh. that had been the original plan because um, I know that a lot of people have been having issues having their vehicles sh- shipped into South America with breaking in with broken yeah. in and stuff. Oh, wow, yeah. If we can get it into a container, it's safer, and I think if we can get it to North America first, it'll be safer. Yeah. And if it gets broken in on the way home, not so much a biggie because uh, we're going home we're, anyway. We're going home yeah. anyway but. <laughs> Now, do you guys like ship it out and wait for it to arrive and then fly to its location? Is that how yeah, you guys we'll line it up? Out uh-huh. you, yeah. you can travel on the boat with it, but I don't think we fancy living on a container ship for it however might, long. It might be though. cheaper, but I think <laughs> yeah. not true we at some point. <laughs> yeah, so, six yeah. months later or whatever. Yeah. So we'll, yeah. we'll meet the yeah. That's the plan. Cool. How, how long does it typically take? I mean, have you guys done it very often? In the UK to... North America is only like it's like thirty days or six weeks or so. Not, not it's not long. as long as you think. Actually, oh, wow. it's not so long, really. I think it's it doesn't go straight there. It stops at a variety of ports en route. Um, but even so, it's like sort of six weeks ish as a ballpark. So it's not too bad. Oh, that's not bad at all. Yeah. No. Kind of give you some time to kind of get your stuff together and kind of pre-plan and, and know that yeah. it's there and waiting for you, and then yeah, head out. Exactly. So, oh, so cool. not no, it's fine. Huh. Well, that's awesome. So, uh, when, when are you guys kind of, I don't, I don't remember if you said before, I apologize. It, when are you guys kind of projecting that you want to come over to North the America? The original plan had been to get back in January. We got back a bit earlier because of some breakdowns and, uh, head off in May. Um, but, uh, I think saving to cover the breakdowns, which it's looking more likely sort of July now that hopefully we'll be yeah, we've done on the move again. Okay. And that's when we've got it. We'll have enough money saved. Plus, we've sort of upped our contingency so that 
if we break down again, we've got a bit more in the we've bank. We've got more in the bank to, to sort of yeah. cover those eventualities. Uh, it was the Austrian mechanics. They were quite expensive. 200, yeah. 220 euros an hour, which is like uh, $250 an hour, maybe, maybe more than that, probably. Oh, my gosh. It was just insane. So wow. it was... It got fixed, but um, bankrupted us oh. at the same time. So I can only imagine. Yeah, yeah I know. Yeah. I, I try. I've been recently trying to. Uh, uh, I guess not recently. Most of my life, I try to do all my, you know, my own stuff on my yeah. trucks. Um, the other night, I was putting just spark plugs and coils on the Forerunner, and uh, you know, I was like, I can do this. This is no no big deal. And so you know, you have to take off so much stuff on top of the motor. The whole yeah, top end has to come off, right, <laughs> to get to the rear side, especially on the driver's side. And um, I was an idiot. I got all this stuff off. I got it all set up, and I forgot to unplug one plug that was on. Uh, it's a camshaft position sensor right on the top of the camshaft. And I was an idiot and I didn't unplug it first and I was reaching underneath it to unplug one of the coils and it popped and I snapped the freaking wiring harness right off the plug on the, on that uh. sensor. And I'm like, ah, oh. and, uh, you know, it was, it'd been like, it was like towards the end of the job too. So I'd been out there for a couple hours and I was just like, are you kidding me? And, um, funny. yeah, and it wasn't something I could easily solder back, you know, and take the plug apart and redo it course I had to go get a, to get the part and the part was $50 for this stupid little 50 cent plug um, that I had to go and I had to go it was like eight o'clock at night so I'm driving all over the valley trying to find someone who's got this thing in stock and I finally found one and uh, got back and had to resolder it and you know another two hours you know on a job that should have taken me two. yeah four-hour job you know uh, or turned into a four-hour job which should have been like two hours but man um, but you know, just to save a buck, you know, you gotta do what you gotta do. Uh, cause man, it's outrageous out here too. I mean, you know, you, you pay somebody to do that would have cost me a thousand dollars easily to have someone do that for me. And, um, you know, is what it is, but, uh, yeah, I hear you. We, we, uh, we run on, uh, well, we, we always say, uh, we're overlanding on a budget, you know, cause, uh, That's, it yes. just, you know, you, you got to, uh, you got to spend money on stuff sometimes and bills come up that you don't, you know, that you don't yeah. anticipate. And sometimes it's top ramen and beans and rice out on the trail and <laughs> whatever <laughs> you can find, you know? Um, but, uh, my wife's pretty good about, she's, she's very frugal. I'm the one that's like, Hey, let's spend it. You know, she's like, no, we can't spend the money. <laughs> um, so I, we have a, a good balance there. So when we're out on the trail. Yeah, she yeah. does a really good job of taking care of us and making sure we have what we need and, and, uh, we're not breaking the bank, but man, it happens. Definitely uh knock on wood. I haven't had a major issue with the truck while we've been out on the trail yet, but, um, I really appreciate you guys time. I I'm going to let you go. I got a date night coming up here, so I got to get ready and, and head out, but I really appreciate you guys coming Thank on the you. show and it was very cool to hear about your experiences and just, you know, the, um, the stuff that you guys got to see and, and do and, and the people and the hospitality you got to experience. And, um, it was great having you guys on and, and we'll definitely do this again. Let us know, uh, you know, when you guys are finished with the next leg here and we'll do another podcast and you can tell us about, uh, you know, the Canada and uh, North, North America, you know, into Argentina trek. That'll be, yeah, that'll be done. sweet. Love to hear. Perfect. I can't wait to hear about that. So Amazing. maybe, maybe we'll do a live podcast out on the trail together. That'd be even more. <laughs> awesome. <That sounds> perfect. <laughs> yeah. Well, right on. Well, um, how do, how do people find you guys on social media? So it's, uh, at the overlanding ambulance, uh, is our Instagram and Facebook. And uh, I'm sure if you searched the overlanding ambulance on YouTube, you'll probably find us, but there's nothing on there. Um, <laughs> and, but yeah. website. and we have a website, uh, www.overlandingambulance.com. Cool. Um, and the, the website has sort of where we are and has a little bit more detail about the whole project, you know, the, the Guinness World Records, the charities, um, the, the, the totalizer in terms of how far we've gone. And the Instagram is more sort of um, day photos, day-to-day -day life with a bit of a, you know, bit of a narrative to what's going on. Like I said, it's a bit behind, but while we're back and we're, you know, just doing day-to-day -day life, we're just going to keep updating the stories as though we're still on the road so people can obviously catch up. Catch up. Yeah. yeah. Awesome. Yeah. And, and to our listeners out there, I, I definitely went on their website and there's some really cool stuff to see on there. So the article with CNN was super impressive. Like all that, the content you guys have on there is very cool. So I didn't want to let the cat out of the bag. So that's why I let you guys talk about it, but I did go on there and I read up on a lot of it before uh, the podcast just to kind of see, 
you know, who you guys were and what you guys were about. And it's very awesome. So guys definitely get on to the overlandingambulance.com and check them out and all the social medias and Lawrence and Rachel, thank you guys so much again for coming on the show and uh, look forward to talking to you guys again soon. was delightful. Thanks very much. All right. You guys have a great day and uh, good luck with uh, the next endeavors. Thank you. Take care. Hey, and those of you that have been listening to or watching the videos on Instagram about the new giveaway we're doing with Midland Radio USA on March 1st of this year, it's on our website. You can enter there. It's andersonoverland.com forward slash giveaway. This will be for a brand new MXT 275 radio bundle. All the details are on that website. So check it out and enter there. Thank you guys so much for listening to the podcast and all your loyalty and uh, love you guys and have a great, great rest of your day. Bye-bye. to go with like just full-blown redneck on these fish. This is like high-tech cane pole fishing right here. From the white sandy beaches to the crystal blue waters, enjoy the best fishing Panama City Beach has to offer during Chasing the Sun, Sundays at 9.30 a.m. Eastern on Waypoint TV, the destination for outdoor entertainment. One of the most legendary shows in the outdoors is on Waypoint TV. Don't miss Primo's Truth About Hunting, Wednesday nights at 7 p.m. Eastern on Waypoint TV, the destination for outdoor entertainment.